Welcome back into the Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We got Harrison and Sean. How are we doing, fellas? What's up, boys? Good. How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Some crazy baseball already to start last week, so we'll get into it. Uh, but first, make sure that you follow and like us on Facebook. You can also subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Leading off, obviously... This current playoff results so far. Um, let's just jump to the to the DS because that's where we are right now. Um, we'll start with the the Orioles and Rangers series. Um, what do we think so far about that series? Other than Texas just absolutely rakes nonstop. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's where it is. <laughs> right? I mean, this is that's this, the story. This is what yeah. they. It's what they do. I mean, they they got on a roll in Tampa. Uh, they took those two quick ones in Tampa, which were pretty, uh, I, I thought, pretty non-competitive games from the outset. I like I, it was, those were Tampa. Those were, I'm sorry, Texas's games from from the the first pitch. And they've just rolled that. They have so much confidence at the plate. So much. They're so comfortable in the box, and they're just the big hit after big hit after big hit. I mean, I don't know what else to say about them other than um i mean they're making me happy i've been on the texas bandwagon since april so um yeah they gotta just keep it rolling but you know i mean whether they win the series or not i think baltimore has a lot to look forward to in the future right i mean this is a team that's like they're not going anywhere like this is what you're gonna get from in baltimore for the next number of years you know 90 wins 100 wins battling for deep postseason runs like it's only going to get better for them if if this isn't the year uh, would be probably disappointing not to get ahead of myself here but uh, it would probably be disappointing for them to get the buy 100 plus wins get the buy and then come out and just kind of lay a dud here um, but yeah right. i mean Still yesterday's good oh i was just going to say yesterday's game i mean they put up eight runs and they still lost the thing well, is, they came from a is they walked I mean, it, it, Right, but they walked also like 10 guys in that game. Like early yeah. on, Grayson Rodriguez couldn't find the zone, and then when he did, he got hit. Um, so, I mean, the Orioles didn't really help themselves with free base runners, the pitching anyways. Um, their offense can hit. I mean, as you see, they put up eight runs, but teams are going to have – if they want to beat the Texas Rangers, they have to outslug them, and I don't see any team that can do that. Other than the Braves, and we'll get to them in a minute, which they – apparently left their bats in that five-day stretch. Um, no one, I think, is going to outslug Texas. No, probably not. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think if Texas ends up getting through Baltimore and they end up facing Houston in the CS, I think you could run into some trouble simply because it's a team they play a bunch against. Um and I do think Houston has some pitchers that can stymie them a little bit. I don't think no one's, I don't think anyone's gonna be able to shut them down. Um, but I do think Houston could potentially have the veteran arms that have been through postseason before, kind of just, you know, grind and battle through and, you know, hold them to four or five. And Houston can score four or five against against anybody yeah. you know they can score four five six runs um especially if it's a seven game series you know if i'm 
if I'm if I'm Texas and I'm getting through Baltimore, I'd love to see Minnesota find its way through because I think that would be a really good matchup for you as Texas. I think Houston would still, with the postseason pedigree that they have, it's just a team I wouldn't want to face. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Texas, they've hit all year. They score the third most runs in all the baseball. They they can mash the best of them. When they get hot, they absolutely they can hit, uh, and they will absolutely hit the lights out. But the one the one thing, and I, I said it to you guys the other day in, in the text message thing, is I, I don't like this five-day off thing. Because if you look at the if you look at these the DS right now, so the Orioles got five days loss off, lose game one, score two runs. Braves get five days off, lose game one, scored score no runs. Dodgers get five days off, lose game one, score two runs. The Astros get five days off, they win game one behind Verlander, who was who's exceptional, and they win six four. And you've you've got these teams. Five days off is not natural for baseball. And to have these guys, these guys, I'm I'm sure they're getting simulated games and all this other nonsense, but five days off is not natural for baseball. And if you look look at this, the Braves last year got five games off, came out and and absolutely fell flat on their face against the Phillies. They're doing the same thing again this year. The Orioles looked lost in game one and they did hit in game two, um, but it didn't hit until game two. You know, Astros came out okay in game one, didn't play great in game, game two. The Dodgers have another one to see if they can recover, but I don't. I just don't love the five day off thing. So I think you're giving these teams who are getting a bot in quote like it's a good. <clears throat> I think it's yeah. a setback, and and the stats are showing these teams that got five days off all came out flat. Yeah, I mean you barely get five days for the All Star break. You know what I mean? Like your last game is that Sunday evening. You got guys that are in the Derby Monday All Star game Tuesday, and then their games are on Thursday. They right. a couple games start back on Thursday, so it's not even a five day break. And then, so these guys aren't used to having that time off. It takes them out of their routine, takes them out of their time at the ballpark, all of that stuff. Um, Like I get the rest. It brought some, you know, guys that were injured that could heal. Um, I get all of that, but yeah, five days is too much. Um, Sean and I were kind of talking a little bit before, like if you want more eyeballs on the TV, you know what, do what hockey does and let eight teams from each from each league come in one plays eight twos play seven three plays six four plays five and play it out that way yeah. then no one has a break you know you you can and you can even keep the format three game series in that first round five game then seven 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 however the math works out yeah. i don't know but you know do it something like that and you're going to have more fan bases invested into the playoffs which is just more money for the mlb but well, you I know. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, finish up. No, no, finish up. And then I just think typical MLB fashion, they're going to come in and see all these one and two seeds possibly not make it to the championship series and be like, oh, let's change the, the playoff format yet again. I mean, they change it every two to three years anyways. So, I mean, wouldn't surprise me if they come in and and tweak it or fix it a little bit after this. Yeah, I mean, so the most recent change I like because I, I I hated the one game wild card. Same, right? Like baseball is, it's a game, it's a series game. I mean, you play series yep. year round. You build your team so that your team is strong throughout a series. Like that's that's how general managers build the team. They build pitching rotations and bullpens and they build lineups so that you can be the best team over the course of a series. So to then get into a sport where you have to win one game, one and done, I don't think is right. So I'm glad they made that change. If you truly want to give the number one seed 
the number two seed, the top. Like, if you want to give them the biggest advantage, which they should get for being the number one seed, don't give them time off. Reseed the playoffs. Like, reseed right. it every round so that the, the highest remaining seed is always playing the lowest remaining seed. They do it in other sports, and I, I think that's their truest – to me, that's the truest way that you're giving these guys an advantage, right? So one plays eight. They find their way through. Seven somehow upsets two. Well, now number one gets to play number seven, right? Like you're playing the lowest remaining seed as you're moving your way through. To me, that's the biggest way to give these guys the advantage rather than giving a team like the Braves, like the Orioles, five days off and then telling them to come out. And now not only do they have to play for the first time in five days, they're playing against a team that just ripped off two straight wins. Right. So like they're not just – they're at like a double disadvantage almost because it's like you're yeah. running into a buzzsaw while you're coming off cold from five days rest. Yep. And it's not all about excuses. They got to play better. You got to pitch better. You got to hit better. But again, we're talking about 162 games over the course of a year. You're playing every single day. Like that's what they do during the year. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're going into the biggest stretch of the season and they're coming off five days off. It just, it, it's, it's a disadvantage for sure. Yeah. Base, baseball is built on that consistency. It's, it's the reps, it's the at-bats and you can't simulate that. There's no, there's no simulated game or bullpen session that simulates what's actually happening on the field during a game. And, you know, especially with the pressure of the playoffs. Spring training, who cares? You know, but you're talking about the playoffs after a long layoff. Yeah. But Morgan, um, Morgan says wild card rounds should go back to one game. See, I, the only problem I have with that is such a crap just, shoot. That's the thing. You play 162 games, you make the playoffs, and then, you know, you you can lose baseball's funny like that. Like not always the best team wins one game. Where series well, no, usually but, the better team at that time wins. Yeah, over the course of that because that's how you build your team. You build your roster to be a roster that's better over the course of a series. Right. So it's yeah. it's it's you know, and particularly the teams that are playing in these wild card rounds are teams that are battling up through game one sixty two to make the postseason. So like you're not setting up a, a, a rotation. You're not setting up a bullpen in a way that's going to handle postseason from the beginning. You're going into game 163, essentially, with, you know, not your best starter. Right. And you have bullpen guys that are, that are that are you know, not fully rested. And I'm not saying, like, I mean, that's the breaks. Like, I get it. Like, that's part of, of playing a season and then going into the postseason. But you're hamstringing these teams by doing just one game. Yeah. And it does provide chaos. And I love, don't, don't get me wrong. I love chaos, but it just love doesn't me some chaos. I do, but it just doesn't necessarily give us yeah. the, the best product. I don't think. Yeah. I think seven of the last eight wildcard rounds have been sweeps, you know, gives the teams with the yeah. buys the less time off. So, I mean, with that aspect and that part of that argument, that one game does make sense because you're giving those teams less time off. So then therefore they don't have that long layoff and the, you know, they're not cold coming out. I mean, I mean, that's a good point, but I personally would hate to bust my ass for 162 games and then lose one game because a ground ball hit a pebble yeah. went over my shoulder in the, in the winning run scores. I understand that's baseball and that happens, but I would rather have like beat me twice, you know, and then I'll go home my thoughts on yeah i mean i I just i i just think if if you again with with baseball 
that the way that they, it's a game of series and not to keep repeating myself, but if you're going to play, whether it's a best of three, a best of five, a best of seven, if you're going to come out and beat another team in a series, you deserve to move on. You may not have been the better team all year, but if you beat a team in a series, then yep. you have the right to go. Yep. If you Agreed. win one game, I mean, that's the start of a series. That's not the series. That's the start of it. That should be the start of a series. Okay. Now game on, let's go. Who wins this? Who wins two? or who wins three out of five or four out of seven, whatever. But I just don't love it. I mean, there's, there's arguments to be made on both sides and I'm not, I'm not saying anyone that thinks a one game wild card is, is an idiot and is wrong. I just, I just don't, I don't like it. Um, Yeah. But yeah. And you could, you could tell, it always bothers me when you can tell that this bothers the teams because Alex Anthopoulos of the Braves two weeks before the season was season was over, was being asked by reporters, how are you going to handle the layoff? Cause you guys didn't handle it well last year. And his basic response was, I don't know. We're going to try a lot of different things. We're going to let fans into our practices. We're going to do simulated games. We're going to have things going live. We're going to try to simulate baseball to help these guys stay fresh, but we haven't really figured out how to contend with that layoff. And when you've got a general manager of the best team in baseball saying, we haven't yet figured out how to contend with that layoff. It tells you right there that this isn't what anybody wants. This isn't what these one seeds want. This is not what these general managers want. This is not what the players want. This format was designed to get a few more games in the slate, pick up some more TV dollars, which I'm all for, but you cannot give baseball teams three, four, five days off. You just can't because you, you're in a position now where if the Dodgers lose tonight, it looks like the Braves are likely to lose again today. Braves go down 2-0 to Philly. Dodgers go down 2-0. Orioles are down 2-0. You could have three of your number one seeds get swept out of the DS. That's not a coincidence when you get three of them that get swept out. And the Astros, who knows? I mean, they've got a, they came out okay in game one and didn't come out so great in game two. And, and who knows? But, you know, the Dodgers are fighting it. The Braves are fighting it. The Orioles are fighting it. And it's clearly a problem. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's move on to the other ALDS series here. Um, obviously, the Astros and Twins. Um, Astros beat the Twins in game one. Altuve hits a first pitch home run into the Crawford boxes. That's his always. I, yeah, I, it's, it's just a running joke at this point. Um, and Jordan Alvarez, this dude is an absolute animal. Every time I watch this guy hit, he seems like he hits one 500 feet. He homered twice in game one, and then he homered again last night. He's got three home runs in the first two games of the divisional series. Why do you even pitch to this guy anymore? I mean, in the I playoffs especially. Right. Like, I understand you have Kyle Tucker behind him and all that stuff, but still, I mean, just stop throwing this guy a fastball. Like, don't throw him a fastball because he's going to turn it around 550 feet. It's insane. Um, but, so, yeah, Astros win game one, 6-4. Um, game two, uh, Pablo Lopez comes out and absolute puts on a pitching clinic yep. against the Astros last night. That was honestly one of the, the best pitched games I've seen in a while. It was fun to watch, mostly because the Astros <laughs> were losing. Probably why it was a lot of fun. Um, but I mean, it was great. He worked the upper quadrant, the lower quadrant, east, west. Like he had those guys diving all over the place, had sawing them off. Like it was just great all around pitching. Um, and then Carlos Correa came in um, and just gave it to his old team. Uh, three RBIs, double, I mean, big hit there in the middle of the game to push it up, push their lead up to, I and, think it was like five at that point. And he's now the postseason mm-hmm. RBI leader, right? He's fourth. He just passed. Fourth. Okay. 
or tied for third. Sorry, he's tied with David Justice. Uh, he just passed Jeter and Ortiz. Okay, so, wasn't for first. Was, okay, not for first yet. Yeah, he's still got Bernie Williams has eighty, and he's the leader. So, yeah, still got a little bit ways to go. The um, underappreciated yeah. Bernie Williams. Mm, oh, absolutely. Sure. Morgan's got for a sure. question for us in the chat here. In the realm of second baseman, how high up is Altuve? All the guy does is come up clutch in the playoffs. I mean, it's easy to come up clutch when you know what's coming. Wow. All I joking mean, aside, I mean, it's it's got he's got to be he's up there. Oh boy, Nick, as you, I mean, Harrison, as you just said, looks like the Braves are about to lose two run homer, four to three, bottom of the seventh, one out. They're right back in this game. Amen. They're gonna do something, dude. Let's take out Travis Darno though. Did Darno hit it? Yeah, Darno yeah. did. Yeah, I said that after yeah. he ailed. He tried. He was. He, it was a, a stolen base attempt, like maybe in the fourth or fifth inning, and he airmailed it like over the center field fence. It was like, yeah, where tried, are you throwing that ball? Try throwing uh, from his knees. But, wow. uh, but yeah, four to three. Now here it looks like here he comes. They're coming to the pen. Um, what were we just talking about? Oh, Altuve. Yeah, dude. I don't know. He's. I mean, he's got to be up there. If he's not at the he's, top he's of the map, he's damn close. Like, I mean, we, he, more. I mean, yeah. all he does is come up clutching the playoffs, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's. A big hit, a big home run early in the game to give them the lead, late in the game to tie it or take the lead, bottom of the ninth to win the game. Like, it it just doesn't matter the spot. Like no. If he's up in a big moment, like, something good is going to happen for the Astros. It's crazy. And I, yeah. I think with Altuve, it's not even about in the realm of second baseman. It's just in baseball players. What the it's guy does in the playoffs, is it's not even positional. It is the guy is an absolute automatic when they need him. Now, granted, Nick is right. For a year, he had a he had a – he had a benefit, but the guy has raked even even after the trash can thing. The that guy continues mean, yeah. to rake in the playoffs. It would yeah. mean more to me if it would mean more to me if that was the only time he produced. Right, you know. Agreed. But it's like it's it does like it was. I'm not absolving because it's like I you know it happened and you got to acknowledge it, but it doesn't take away from his postseason greatness in my opinion. At least that much does it does it put a little question mark? Sure, a little bit, but it doesn't take away from what he's done in his career as a postseason player. Yeah. He right. he might be one of the best postseason players ever. Forget about second baseman, just best postseason players ever. Certainly yeah. in our generation. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Move over to the um the NL and we'll talk about the game that's happening now. You know, game one, Phillies come out and beat Atlanta three nothing. The big thing about this three nothing loss, this was the first time the Atlanta Braves got shut out at home all season and it happened mm. in the playoffs. I, yeah. I mean, tough. Um, yeah. Suarez, Suarez did a nice job on at the start and then their bullpen was, was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their bullpen, the Phillies bullpen was just challenging these Braves hitters. No, just challenge yeah. time, challenge time, challenge time. And they just, they, they came up on top every challenge. It was crazy. One of the scariest dudes, honestly, I would never want to step into the box is Jose Alvarado. From the left side, the yeah. movement that guy has, and he yeah. throws triple digits. Like, there's no way, even in my prime, I'd have a, I'd had a chance at that. Zero. And he chance. looks. I mean, it's it's he might be like the nicest guy, but he looks like he'd throw at you for no reason either. So like, there's no way right. you can even it's be real. comfortable in the box. No. No. Like the minute I step in, I'd be like on my heels, just waiting for that thing to come. Yeah. 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 That play by Trey Turner. Uh, Trey Turner play shut down. Unbelievable. That, right. I, and then he's yeah. followed that up with booting it around. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, 
that play diving to his left to save two runs and to end the inning was just un- unreal. Unreal. And not talked about was that turn at second base, too. If you watch the turn, he doesn't step. All it is is just a, a hip pivot and an absolute rocket to first to get him for the double play. Like, it was just great play all around. But Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. – they, they signed him to be that kind of anchor defender, too, because the guy, you know, yes, he can hit, absolutely, but he's also got a really good glove, and he yeah. can do a lot of things for him. Well, um, so does Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott's an underrated like Stott. defensive second baseman. Yeah. You know, and to, to talk, Nick, on, like, the back half of that double play, like, the Turner play was incredible, and not to take anything away yeah. from either one of them, but, like, the fact that he's able to make that turn at second base because it ended the inning is a massive turn. It would have been a great play anyways. If they get the fielder's choice and the guy out at second, like, great right. play. You know, probably stymies the the inning anyways, but you never know. I mean, especially against this team, you never know. For Bryson Stott to be able to come, get the feed, and then make the turn to end the inning is an unbelievable play. Yeah, thousand percent. Unbelievable crazy. play. Um, the other thing about game one that was a little different was we weren't sure why Brian Snicker mixed it up as much as he did. He hadn't changed his lineup, they said, like all year. And then he goes in and kind of mixes it all up. I, I get the playoff format now where, like, you don't want to stack lefties, you don't want to stack righties because the playoffs are such bullpen games now that you want – you know, you want to spread everybody out. So you have lefty, righty, lefty, righty as much as possible. Um, but the Braves slugged 501 this year as a team. Why are you changing that? The, these guys have done nothing but hit everybody all year. And you change your lineup for game one. I mean, like I said, I'm sure he had something behind it. But this is where analytics coming into the game kind of hurts, I think, what the manager's feel is. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, and who knows what his reasoning was. I mean, we obviously we don't know, but I mean, it seems that way, right? Like he was trying to to avoid kind of the stacking in the lineup, which I get, I do, but like, it only becomes a problem. It becomes, uh, how do I want to say this? It becomes a problem for the Phillies bullpen when you force them into a scenario where they have to like the way the lineup was constituted. Not yes, so it was it Saturday night. The way that lineup was constituted Saturday night, they didn't force Philly to go to the bullpen. So it's like you're you're trying to avoid a problem that you haven't even got to yet. Like let's right. get to the problem first and then let's try to let's try to figure out how to solve the problem. We're yeah, trying to solve of, the problem before, you right. know, you know, like we're trying to solve the problem before we even get there and, and we're kind of yeah. hamstringing ourselves. Yeah, you're managing backwards versus like, you know, making a pinch hitter in a certain spot well, to face that one ball. I, I think and I, I I think it goes to show you how much he, he learned from the mistake because tonight he went right back to the to the regular, most common used lineup, which for to be honest, didn't have the greatest success for the first six innings. Right. So it's no. not like they came out today and just started mashing from the beginning. So he no. you know, I, I understand even even though it's a one run game now, but I understand why he was like, Hey, like maybe we should shake this thing up. I mean, this is, but I, I just, I think sometimes you try to outsmart yourself yep. and I think yep. maybe that's what happened a little bit in game one, but this is yeah. a resilient bunch, man. This is a resilient yeah. team. Yeah. If they find a way, if they come back and win this game and the Braves tie the series up one, one, it's, it's full steam ahead. Great. Yeah. And I, and I think know? in the, I think in the playoffs, you absolutely can outsmart yourself. You absolutely can overmanage um, when you're trying to make the game too big. And I think for a guy like Snitker, who's experienced, that was probably just a mistake on his part. Uh, it's good to see him go back to the same lineup in game two and, you know, maybe they'll get some momentum going. But 
it's yeah. uh, it's strange to see him tinker because he's not a tinkerer. No. But all right, we'll uh, we'll see how this game plays out. We're in the bottom of the seventh right now. Um, but let's move over to my Arizona Diamondbacks, and I got a big smile on my face because they absolutely kicked Clayton Kershaw right in the junk from pitch one. Um, it, they started with like seven consecutive hits, I think. Um, yeah. Moreno had an absolute three-run bomb. Um, I think the thing just landed. I mean, to put up six runs, and Kershaw only recorded one out, and it was lifted. So six runs, one out, one-third of an inning. Um, that That's exactly what the Diamondbacks needed to get out and punch the Dodgers in the face like that because, I mean, let's be honest, the Diamondbacks to me – are, are playing with house money, kind of like the Orioles are a little bit, except for the Orioles won 100 games. That's the difference between right. these two. Um, I'm saying they're playing with house money because the Diamondbacks weren't supposed to be here. I mean, just like the Orioles, like I said. But no one looked at this season and was like, oh, yeah, Diamondbacks make the playoffs hands down. Like, no questions asked. This team's not supposed to be here. They're young. And they're, they're putting up numbers. They're getting good pitching. Um, it's just – it's incredible. I've been watching this team so since April, so I am real high on them. Um, and they've gotten some great pitching. I mean, you saw their bullpen when they played Milwaukee. Um, if you did watch the games, I mean, they were lights out. Um, but yeah, all four of the Diamondbacks pulling for them hard. Um, I hope they go out and, and punch the Dodgers in the face again tonight. And and this this will forever be what haunts Clayton Kershaw is his playoff record. Mm-hmm. He's now 13 and 11 with an area of almost four and a half. He's, he's lost so many big games for them or on top of that had so many notice. He's, the guy's got 30 something starts in the playoffs. He's got a bunch of no decisions and games that he was out of long before the decision was, uh, was there to be had. He just, he continually comes up short for them in the playoffs and that will forever haunt him. He's not the same guy. No. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough look, too. I mean, Clayton Kershaw made a comment. I gotta, I'm trying to find what the comment was because I don't want to, like, misquote. But it was something along the lines of, like, he was asked about starting his fourth consecutive postseason game on a Saturday. And he was like, oh, like, it messes up my wa- my ability to watch college football or, like, something yeah. like that. And then yep. he comes out and then does that. On, it's like, dude, like, if you're going to make a comment like that, you better come out and shove. Because it's like, it just looks like you're just not prepared. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is he only missed the first quarter of the game, so he can go back and watch the rest of them from the uh, clubhouse. Yeah, right. um, yeah, it messes up my college football watching was the quote. Like, yeah. Not a great look, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Morgan, you know, uh, take out the cha- championship run. He's been horrendous. But it's hard to take that postseason serious with no fans. Right. I mean, it's I mean, true. I, I seriously, 2020, yeah. 20, I don't. I don't even think of 2020 as a season. They played. It doesn't mean anything. Um, no. But, yeah, that's the only time he's been good in the playoffs. Otherwise, he has consistently come up short for them, and that's been the story of his career. Yeah. Um, not to mention, again, back to the Diamondbacks, Merrill Kelly had an incredible outing against them. Um, yeah. He probably pitched one of the best games of his life um, in a big moment, first playoff start for him. And the thing with him is his stats at Dodger Stadium have not been good. It's He's like, oh, he was 0-11 with like a five ERA. I mean, going in at Dodger Stadium, he was not, not good. 
Um, so for him to come out and have a have an outing like that, um, I think really sparked the Diamondbacks. I mean, a six-run cushion in the first really helps because you can attack hitters a lot differently. Um, you, you can go right at them. You don't have to nibble as much. Um, but, man, I, I was jumping up and down on my couch that entire first inning, dude. I was so pumped. That was to, batting to practice. Go. Um, and, then, and, you know, so the Dodgers turn around tonight and they get Zach Gallen. You know they're running Bobby Miller out there, a great young player. But your hand, you're you're asking a 24 year old kid to keep you from going down 2-0 to a team that's got all the momentum on their side, and they're bringing their ace in this game. I mean, it's Zach it's Allen tough. was in the Sky Young talk for a while there. I, I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Morgan it's, Morgan's not hating on the D backs, but just pointing out most people most people think, and that's who are these guys. Okay, uh, we can block oh, him can, now. You, you can name a few. <laughs> no, yeah, sure you could. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about that trade that they made in the off season that they absolutely stole from the from the Blue Jays. Guriel, yeah. Diamondbacks got Guriel and Gabriel Marino in that deal yeah. for Dal- Dalton yeah. Barsho, and it's completely paid off. The Diamondbacks slid a lot in August when Moreno was hurt, so this kid is young and he's the backbone of that team. And then you add Corbin Carroll and the season he had 25 and 50 as a rookie. I, these guys are going to be along for, along for a and, while. And Christian Walker is a legitimate threat in the middle of the lineup too. Like yeah. a legitimate Cattell Marte. Marte. I mean, Marte was in the MVP conversation two, two or three years ago. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like Cattell Marte is, is a, is a premier second baseman. I, I want to also bring up the absolute legend that is playing third base for them right now in Evan Longoria. He made some of the craziest defensive plays I've ever seen a 38-year-old make in my life. In the Milwaukee series? Yeah, he he saved games for the Diamondbacks there. That play he made on that line drive and then throws from his knees to double him off at second. Crazy. I I read the headline of the play. I'm like, Longoria, he's still around? Like, Longoria's still playing? Yeah. So that... um. When the Diamondbacks got Paul Seawald from the Mariners, they also sent their third baseman, which gave Evan Longoria more playing time. Because, frankly, Longoria had earned it. He Every game he was in, he was hitting d- doubles. He was going deep. Um, still plays, obviously, a serviceable third base. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I've been high on this team all year. It's been really fun to watch them and follow them. Um, I, I just really hope that they go back and – absolutely crush the Dodgers again and then go home yep. with a two nothing lead. That would be amazing. Yeah. I would love to see the Dodgers get bounced again. I, I, I love watching the Dodgers go out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Morgan's the same way. Longoria still playing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He was so he, good in Tampa all those years. Yeah. And then he was with Sam Fran for what? For a bunch of they won five, four games, games, and he was in, he was on that team. Yeah, seems like he's been around for like twenty five years. Crazy. Well, he came up when he was what nineteen, something eighteen, like 18 19. or nineteen. So he could have. This could be his twentieth season, which is insane. Still playing, nuts. Um, anything else to add on those series before we head on to some trivia time? No, the only thing was just quick on the on the the wild card. Did you guys see? Game two, Toronto, and they pull Jose Barrios. Oh, yes. And John Schneider goes and pulls. I mean, what did you pay him $100 million for? I mean, you traded for him. You traded an overall top 20 prospect in baseball to Toronto. I mean, to um, 
Minnesota for Jose Barrios. And then he's in a jam in a game that you have to win. You have to win it or you go home. And your $100 million guy is on the mound and you pull him. I mean, what are you paying him the $100 million for if it's not to get out of jams? And he was, Isn't he that was what pitching it, pretty well. He walked the leadoff guy in the fifth. All right, fine. Not ideal. Like, not great. Not great, Bob. But, like, so what? I mean, that's what you pay him $100 million for. Yeah. I, I don't – it's so bad. That's – to me, and I know the stage isn't as big because it wasn't the World Series. To me, that one's worse than Blake Snell in Tampa. Yeah. I only say that – I only say that Blake Snell had a history in the postseason of really shitting the bed when it was his third time through the order. Okay. I still would have okay. stuck with him. I'm still not defending yeah. necessarily the move, but at least there was some precedent to be like, hey, we should watch Blake Snell when he gets to the third time through. Yep. Okay. You know, at least fair. there's that. Yeah. I still disagree with the move by Tampa, but yeah. at least I get it. Yeah. For Rios, I don't get. It. Like, I, what did you pay him all this money for? I don't get the whole Blue Jays thing. Like, I don't. I don't understand what that organization is doing. They everything they did made no sense. I mean, the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays scored what one run in those two games. This offensive juggernaut scored one run in two games against the Twins. They're gonna I have mean, to have a shakeup, dude. It's gonna be a shakeup. I don't wrong. know which. Something that that young core hasn't does not have a single postseason series victory since they've been together. That's crazy. To think now about. it's not all their fault, no. but like something's you got to shake it up. Like someone's got to someone's got to go. I don't know if it's Bichette. It's not going to be Vladdy. Yeah, like I don't know. Sense. Someone's got to go. They got to make it. They got to make a change. There's got to be some sort of shakeup for Toronto. You can't just roll the same thing back out next year and expect something different. Right. I think that's what they were kind of hoping with the Varsho deal. And then at the deadline, they got some bullpen arms. Because, um, I mean, Varsho is a gold glove defender. You can yeah. put him behind the dish. You can put him in the outfield. Um, he can hit but a I, little bit. He was really streaky this year. But um, I think this series has proven that you like it's you nibbling on the fringes with these moves can help. But if you yeah. have a problem with the core, you got to address the core. I, yeah, I it, agree. It, it's always, it's the offensive players. It's they, they consistently, that, that offense consistently lets them down in the playoffs. They just don't show up. Yeah. In the manager. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Well, they, they lost game two, right? Obviously they lost game two and Minnesota moved on. I, there's no excuse to pull Barrios. There, there's absolutely no excuse to go out and, and go to the bullpen there. What are you paying him a hundred million dollars for? Right. Fully agree. If not, if not to get out of jams. Right. I mean, isn't that why you pay guys to be like, oh, now we have this horse that we can go lean on when we need to win a game? What the fuck? Like, what, what are we, why are we pulling? Yeah. I, I mean, even Barrios was shocked that he got pulled, you know? And then to, to add, you know, the cherry on top, he's sitting there watching his old team celebrate as they move on, mm-hmm. you know, like, Brutal. And, I'm, and, and if I'm if I'm Barrios, I'm pissed for many different reasons. But number one was, like, it wasn't the eighth inning. I had 47 pitches. Up until that point, there were nine outs in the game. I had struck out five. Right. So, like, yeah. Right. Like, did I want to walk the leadoff guy? No. Am I thrilled that I walked the leadoff guy? No. But I had a pretty good command of what I was doing with the baseball up until that point. Yeah. Give yeah. me a chance to get out of it. And 47 pitches, you're just warming up. The worst part about it is, too, worst part about it is, too, none of it ends up mattering because the Blue Jays scored zero runs in that game. Like, that's, I just, I mean, they, they, the, the Blue Jays gave up two in that game and they still lost. Like, it's, it's, 
it's sad. Uh, it's just sad. Yeah. I mean, we kind of mentioned it like last week or the week before. I can't even remember, but it's like they won like a quiet 90 games. Like no one talked about the Blue Jays this year. Like nothing positive they're, came out of Toronto. They're Jekyll and Hyde. They would, they'd win nine in a row and then lose eight in a row. Like that, that team was all over the place all year. Yeah. Yes, he did. Uh, crazy. All right. But yeah, that, so that's all I had before we yeah. moved on. Sorry. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I forgot to bring that up. Um, but yeah, anything else to add? Nope. Royce Lewis is a beast. No, I, yeah, I think sure the, the AL East disappointed. The Rays look like yeah. garbage, and and had no attendance. The the Jays look like garbage. It just we had all these AL AL East teams, and it's only the Orioles still standing. They haven't looked good either. Yeah, uh, we'll bring up the the Rays attendance issue later. Um, but let's let's do a little trivia break here. So I have a few here. So Sammy Sosa finished his career with 609 home runs. Who was his first home run off? Oh goodness. Who did he hit his first home run off? Yep. He was in the AL at this time. I'll say he wasn't in the National League yet. No, he was with the Rangers. Randy Johnson. Nope. Clemens. Clemens. Yeah, Roger Clemens. I knew it was going to be some legend. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, Roger Clemens at Fenway Park. So his first career home run was over the monster. Crazy. Oh, cool. (laughs) Jamie Moyer. It's a good guess. I love the Jamie Moyer. That guy gave up a lot of long balls. He did. He was like like the prior version of Rich Hill. He's yeah, his, he pitched forever. Jamie Moyer's rookie year with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1962. Rich Hill is the Kirkland brand Jamie Moyer. <laughs> the Kirkland brand. I love it. Yeah. So good. All right. We have we had four players this year hit 30-30. Who were they? Well, four for 30-30. Acuna, well, Acuna, J-Rod, Acuna, Acuna was one. What did you Acuna, say? Acuna, yeah. Acuna, J Rod, Wit. This fourth one's a little tricky. Acuna, J Rod, Wit. On a really the, not so good team. That say Corbin been. Carroll didn't make it, right? 25, no, and 25. 50. Yeah. This team should have been good and they had a fire sale, pretty much. Not Luis Robert, right? Not no. Luis Robert, Chicago. Hmm. NL East. Oh, Lindor. Lindor, yep. Oh, yeah. Francisco huh. Lindor. Francisco Lindor. Quiet 30 uh, 30 over there. Yeah, a very quiet 30 30. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. I'll save that one first. So here we go. You have a hat trick with three Ks in one game. You get the golden sombrero if you strike out four times in one game. What is it called if you strike out five times in one game? Demotion to triple A. <laughs> it's called it's called a quiet sombrero. Tuesday for Kyle Schwarber. It's the platinum sombrero. Platinum sombrero, yes. There's also a that, slang term. I did ahead, that. John. I did the platinum sombrero once in high school and I, I didn't live it down for like three years. Oh, it was not yeah. great. It was not great. Yeah. 
Not great. Uh, there's also a slang. They call it the Olympic rings. Nice. I love that. Yeah. That's good. There's three players that have done it twice in their career. Can you name them? Schwarber? Nope. <laughs> One of them is current. Okay. And you, you see videos of him missing balls by 18 feet. Javi Baez? Javi Baez has done it twice. Yeah. <laughs> that guy will that guy will swing at a pitch out. <laughs> no, no joke. Uh, oh, and then the so one? one of my favorite videos of all time was Miggy hitting that pitch out back up the middle, but yeah, the intentional walk yeah. pitch. Yeah, so the intentional good. walk pitch. Um Sammy Sosa did it twice. And then also oh. also Ray Langford for the Cardinals did it twice. Five K's in a game twice. Yeah. Okay. This one's gonna take a little bit more thinking, but who are the last five pitchers to achieve the pitching triple crown? Oh boy. So that's so, it. The, so it's wins, K's, ERA, right? Wins, K's, ERA. You had to lead the league in. The the earliest one or the soonest the one closest to us, sorry. The last one the most recent, was 20. The most recent thank one. you. I can't come up with those two <laughs> words or whatever. The most recent is 2020. So, again, kind of a weird year. but 20, So, the COVID year. Yep. And the AL Central, I'll give you that. Dylan Cease? Nope. Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber. Oh, Bieber, yeah, good one. Shane Eight Bieber. wins, 1.63 ERA, 122 Ks. Okay, the next two happened in the same year, you know, one in the AL, one in the NL, in 2011. Kershaw. Kershaw was one. 21 wins, 2.28 ERA with 248 Ks. Then the AL. In 2011. Verlander? Verlander, yep. Oh, good call. Of course, 20, Verlander. Yeah. 24 wins, 2.40 ERA, 250 Ks. Now, the mm. next two, we dial it back a little bit. 2007 in the National League West. I'll even give you that. National League West, 2007, and then 2006, American League Central. Uh, 2007. Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy, NL West. With the Padres. Yeah. Padres. Damn. He was. He was I, I only remember that because the Padres were so bad in 2006. And it was like, it'd be like, you just tune into, like, oh, Jake Peavy's pitching? Like, something good's going to happen. Yep. Right. So, yeah. 19 so 2006. Wins. Oh, sorry, Nick. Go ahead. 19 wins, 2.54 ERA, 240 Ks. Morgan guess Burley. It's not Mark Burley. Uh, Johan Santana? Johan Santana. Nice. Back of nice. the twins. Nice. 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 Yep. 19 wins, 2.77 ERA, 245. I used eight. to love to watch that guy pitch. That changeup was devastating. devastating. Oh, my so God. Good. So good. I have more, but I'll I'll save them. Do you guys have any or no? I just I have one. Okay. okay. Here we go. Let's hear it. So since, so since the year 2000, there's been four players to hit a home run on their 40th birthday. Oh, geez. I can give you the years. So it happened in 2011, 2012, 2015, and then 2023. Wow. 
So who are guys that played until they were old? You had uh, A-Rod. Who? A-Rod was 2015. Julio Franco? Nope. <laughs> he hit a home run when he turned 60. I'll say he yeah, hit it on I the 60th birthday. <laughs> Miggy um, didn't, right? Nope. Miggy's not one. Yeah, that's a good guess, though. Pujols? Manny? Nope. Nope. Not Pujols. So you got A-Rod 2015. So you have 2023... 2012 and 2011. Nelson Cruz? Nope. Someone did it this year. I'm trying to think of who. We love him on the show. Not me. Jim, Jim Tomey. <laughs> Jim Tomey was, uh, he was 2011. 2011. So you have 2011 and you have 2015. Uh, oh, come on, Harrison. You love him. 2023. It's 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 gonna kill me too. <laughs> it is. You love him. Uh, I I remember the I remember the headline too, and I'm trying to remember who it was. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, oh my, my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Wow, Riley with oh a two God, run bomb. Are, oh my goodness! Look at that. Oh, in the bottom of the eighth. Oh, they're going to come back and steal this game if they can hang on. 2023, who did it this year? They're turned <clears throat> 40. Wow. No clue. Uh, No, I was going to say McCutcheon. He's not 40, though. Oh, come on. You love him. I know, and I'm trying to... You're always talking about his social media presence. Oh, <laughs> is it uh, Votto? Oh, yes. Joey Votto, yeah. Yes, yes. Like, oh, God, you're killing me. Who is Joey it? Votto did it this year. And then you're missing the, the last one in 2012. 2012. So Jim Tomey's. Jim Tomey did it in 11. Era. Yeah. Jim Tomey did it in 11, A Rod in 15, and um, Votto this year. Oh, uh, Chipper Jones. Oh, good one. Yeah. Chipper Jones in 2012. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. going to say switch hitter for the Braves, but that would have given it away. Right. Oh, Dude. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All right. It's cool. All right. So that's trivia for this week. Let's go to our next segment. We're just going to wrap up some news here. Um, the Rays attendance in that wild card series. I embarrassing. mean, it, it's absolutely embarrassing. There's no reason why the Tampa Bay Rays should have a team in Tampa. If you can't, you can't sell out a playoff game, a first round playoff game. With a team that literally battled for the best record in the MLB for the entire season, and you barely got 19,000 fans for your first playoff game, that's an issue. And don't give me the garbage about it was Tuesday afternoon. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. No. I'm not here for that. I posted the side-by-side picture of what it looked like at 3 p.m. in Baltimore and then 3 p.m. in Tampa. Don't give me that. It's not not all right. I mean, mean, I I get I get the argument there. They announced the game times like the day before it was three o'clock. Like I get that, but diehard fans still show up. Like they're still there. Yeah, they don't even show up during the regular season. They don't. Like, I mean, all the fans that are in there they're, are they're gonna, fans of the team they're playing. They're going to go get the Rays, a beautiful new waterfront ballpark, as they've proposed to have it still be empty. Like I just, I don't. Baseball, for whatever reason, in Tampa has just never been popular. They've never drawn well. No. It's. They're trying to. They're well, just trying to force it. I'll say. I think they might draw a little bit better if it's in Tampa and not St. Pete. That would which help. is a which is a nightmare to get to. Well, because like the Tampa Bay Lightning draw exceptionally well. And that's that's hockey in Florida. So 
like I, I think if you make it a little bit more accessible. It, yeah, that thank you for the for the for the word. Well, you hit uh, me up I, I with think, most recent, so yes, just help out. A few times I did. <laughs> I, I just think you know that might help a little, but I, I just don't. They don't love baseball down there. It's not something they care about. Yeah, <laughs> Morgan. You know? Morgan, Portland, Maine would have had better attendance. He's, he's, right. he's, he's probably not wrong. Good. He's not wrong. No, no. You can tell me if I had an opportunity, and I live a little south of Boston, maybe a shade over two hours from Portland. If I had an opportunity to go to a game, postseason game, I could walk up day of and get right. tickets for. I'd go. Yep, it's, I'd be there. Like, there's of course they would. Portland, yeah. and it's all joking aside, they absolutely would have had better attendance. Yep. Yeah. This this is the issue is that there's other markets in this country that could sell out those stadiums. I, I live in one right now. Raleigh is absolutely booming in population. There's 1.5 million people that live in Wake County alone, not to mention I'm not even counting Durham and Chapel Hill area. Like you could put a team there and that team would sell out almost every game. And like no doubt in my mind. Or Charlotte, Nashville, we've talked about that. Salt Lake City, hell, put the team back in Montreal. Like, they're going to pull more than 19,000 for a playoff game. That is yeah, I sent you guys the I sent you guys the picture that the Kansas City Royals' last home game of this year, they had more fans in attendance than the Rays did at a postseason game. Yeah. There's, they had over 20,000 in Kansas City, and the Rays pulled 19 and change. Yeah. It's, it, it's mind-blowing. And the MLB is going to allow it. You're not going to tell them be like, "Sorry, guys, like you got to move. Like this isn't this isn't doing anything." Like I, I get your ballpark is an absolute dumpster, but a new ballpark I don't think is going to bring in more people. Like at first, sure, but when's the newness going to wear off? Season right. one. Yeah. Well, we'll the, when you look at, <clears throat> I mean, I, I agree with Sean. Have you guys been to that ballpark? I have not. I've, driven, I've never seen a game there. Okay, so yeah, I, I've been there a couple of times. I used to go to Tampa for work all the time. <clears throat> I've been there for a couple of games. the The ballpark is terrible. <clears throat> the parking is terrible. Getting there's a pain, and because you you are you, you've got to leave Tampa and shoot across the bridge to get to St. Pete, which the traffic on that bridge is nightmarish. It's brutal. So it's the like if your traffic is brutal, why battle it? Like why, I'm not. And again, and that's another thing too. And not to get on like a Tampa Bay Rays like soapbox here, but like. If you want to draw people, if people have to work a regular job and they get out of work at 435 o'clock and first pitch is at seven, I'm not battling that. Right. Like I'm not doing that for a Thursday, Friday, a, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, three nights in a row for us. Like I'm not doing it. Yeah. And so the hard- like it's, it's difficult to get to. It's a pain in the ass to park. The stadium is a dump. Like what, yeah. what am I doing that? For? Well, and, and you're competing against the fact that I could just stay here in Tampa and go to like a thousand different places that would be just as entertaining as that ball game and they're right down the street. So, I mean, the cool thing about Tampa is everything's built off the water restaurants. I mean, it, there's like 37,000 bars that like spill onto the beach. Like why, why are you going to go fight traffic to go sit in that dump and watch a baseball game? But yet the Tampa Bay lightning draw like crazy because they're in Tampa Bay. Like you can hit all those restaurants and then kind of walk over to the stadium and catch the game. Um, right. The, the rays are way the hell off in the hinterlands. Which is why I think if they do, if, if that all works through and they get themselves a ballpark, a nice new stadium in Tampa, I do think they would do better. They would, but they still probably right. won't sell out. Probably not. They don't love baseball. Though. They don't. They just don't. And because you, you're, you're competing against too many other things to do. 
Are you sure they're not going to keep it in St. Pete? Did they say that they're going to move it no, into Tampa? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't saying, think they picked the site yet. I think they've just given a proposal what they want to do. I'm just saying what I would propose. That's all. I have no idea if they've decided what it they want. Said, to, I don't know. It says, on Tuesday, the Rays announced an agreement with St. Petersburg and Pinellas County for a new ballpark in downtown St. Pete near the site go. of Tropicana Field. So I love that. Not going to solve the problem because you're, you're still not where the people are. Yeah, and and St. Pete, St. Pete's a nice little town, but it doesn't have the same kind of affluence as Tampa. It's St. Pete is very much a kind of blue collar suburb of Tampa. You yeah. you put that stadium in Tampa, where all the action is and all the people are and all the high rises are and everything's going on, people are going to show up. In St. Pete, they're just not going to shag out there. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I I would love to see them not in Tampa, but it looks like. At this point, they're there to stay. So yeah, that we'll, that's the equivalent to putting that's the equivalent to putting the Red Sox out in in Springfield, Mass, and saying, "Well, they're 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 a part of Boston. They're yeah. not part of Boston. It's not Boston. They're not the same thing. Right? The people aren't there." Yeah, agree. All right. Uh, news came out from Joey Votto's camp that he wants to come back for one more year. Love now, it. Bring him. The, I, I would love it, but the thing is, is the option's a twenty million dollar option. Do the Reds bring him back for $20 million for a farewell tour? I I love Joey Votto. I love who the guy is. Are the Reds willing to pay him $20 million for a farewell tour? Like, I, well, it's gonna, I don't know. That's gonna, their answer to that is going to tell you how serious they are. Next. Yeah. Right? Like, with young pitching they have, hmm. with De La Cruz coming up and doing the things De La Cruz did this year, it's going to show you how serious they are about building off of that. If they bring him back $20 million for a farewell tour, they're not in it to win it. That's fair. Like I, I think that's going to be your first indication about how the Reds are treating next year. I Better mean, yet, decline the option, let him sign in Boston, and let us enjoy the guy for a year. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> the Red, Red Sox fans would love that, dude. I think he retires a Red. There's no way oh, he's going to ring. I totally he's agree. not going to ring James. Um, but... I mean, I, at this point, $20 million for them, really, they're not paying those guys anybody. I mean, what, right. seven out of their nine guys were rookies. They're on rookie deals. You're not going to have to pay them for three or four years. Like, is it going to cost you that much to really, like, keep them for $20 million? Like, I, I don't really know. You're not paying anybody else. No, I mean, they, I, they, I could see Votto saying, look, guys, decline the option, and let's just sign a deal that works for both sides. Yeah. Because they, they, they don't have the payroll to commit to him. And I don't think he, I don't think he honestly would expect to get paid twenty million bucks to come back on a farewell tour and probably be a seventy-five percent playing time kind of guy. But yeah. I, I, it would be nice to give the guy one more trip around, kind of continue the changing of the guard, and that transition as those young guys come up. Yeah, I, I mean, he put up decent numbers when he came he back. I mean, he's he's still got it. It's just, I, I don't know. I selfishly, I want to see him play one more year. I love that dude. He's one I, of my I favorite just, players. I just want to see him. Yeah. As part of baseball forever. thousand percent. I, I was care. so I don't care so what he's bummed. doing. So bummed when I went to Cincinnati last year and he wasn't playing. He was right. Oh, yeah. Uh love him. But all right, let's get into um the whole Mets shenanigans here. Billy Epler resigns. That's fine. <laughs> Sean wants to take a pass on the Mets. I, it's a I mess, have, man. I I've substituted my Mets for the Rangers this year, so we don't have yep. to talk about the Mets. That's okay. 
Okay, well, <laughs> Billy Epler resigns because later it comes out that... No, no, hang on. Billy Epler resigned because he wanted to leave the team in good hands with the new leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Wink, wink. Nobody gives so, up that job willingly. <laughs> right. When you got an owner that's going to pay you buco bucks. Yeah. Like, no. Um, so now it comes out a couple days later that he's being investigated by the MLB for using the, the injured list improperly. Um, what that looks like, I don't know the details. It just said that they were investigating. Can, can I just point out, clearly they gained no advantage from that. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> right. So I don't know. So he's gone. So, I mean, that's a couple GMs looking for new jobs. So, you know, you got Haim out there. Now you got Billy Epler. And nobody thought nobody expected the Mets seat to open up either. Yeah. But yeah, crazy. Um, Red Sox are clean in the house here. They fired pitching coach. Oh, excuse me. David Bush and third base coach Carlos Fables. So they're kind of cleaning out their bench. Looks like Cora's staying, but need new coaches. Um, Did you know that Fables has been with the organization since 2007? Yeah, been there for a while. I wonder if I, I'm sure, um, you know, all those guys like the base coaches, the they all have like other jobs. They do right. They all have like defensive responsibilities, infield coach, corner infield coach, like middle, like whatever. I mean, I don't know what his right. responsibilities were. I wonder if a lot of that was just how bad and disgusting the Red Sox were defensively this year. The number of errors that were made, the poor base running running into outs, yep. just just fumble-fucking the ball all over the infield. Like, I wonder if a lot of that is just like, you know what? Like, you, the people that were responsible for that, we're getting rid, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're bringing right. other guys in. We're starting new. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. But, like, yeah. I heard that, and I'm thinking, well, I can't imagine he's getting fired for third base coach duties. They did run into a lot of outs, but a lot of them were they like – a lot of them were – I didn't think like, why are we sending this guy out? Just like they're the players don't know how many outs are there are and they're running with one out, you know, stuff, dumb, yeah. dumb base running decisions yeah. rather than like, I didn't like that decision to send them. Maybe I'm nitpicking here. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can think of that I, one I, play I, with Reese McGuire. That was really freaking bad on at all parts mm-hmm. where he was like, he thought it went off the wall. He was halfway home. Oh, and then like, was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, both parties. That was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. both yeah, parties yeah. were guilty yeah. there because Fabulous yeah, so, wasn't doing so, anything. He was just kind of like, yeah. So maybe, yeah. Out. So maybe I'm talking to myself. Maybe he was that bad of a third base coach. But I just, I don't know. I wonder if there's some more going on because Corey even made some pointed comments like last week about how like I had a frank conversation with the whole coaching staff about how we need to be better defensively. Like you know, you're not going to win baseball games when you're giving teams five outs in an inning. Like you right. just, it's just not, not these, you're playing against teams and players that are too good. Um, so I'm not shocked. I mean, they had, they had to do something. They had to clean house a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting too, is that, so Fables got promoted to third base coach by Cora prior to the 2018 season. And then, but Dave Bush was a pitching coach for Ron Renneke. And then he mm-hmm. was a holdover for Cora too, which is right. funny that Cora didn't even pick his own pitching coach when he came over. He just kind of inherited them and kept going. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see how good the Red Sox are next year when uh, Shohei Otani signs, and then we'll go from there. But, um, yeah, the last thing I have, unfortunately, a little bit of sad news is Sandy Alcantara went underwent Tommy John surgery, I believe, on Tuesday. 
Um, so he will miss all of 2024. Hopefully we'll see him back in 2025. Um, again, talk about another team that kind of overachieved this year. Um, the Marlins getting, yeah, I know they went into Philly and got their, you know, faces kicked in, but which, which we um, kind of expected. Yeah. But I mean, they still got there. I mean, no one ever expected the Marlins to make a wild card spot. And here they are. And they didn't even have their, their ace and got rid of Pablo Lopez. I mean, you think about that. You really lost your two top pitchers this year and you made the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's crazy. With a but, negative run differential. With a negative run differential, right? Yeah. I just blows my mind. I, I saw last night they were talking about that uh, Louisa Rise and the – oh, that ball's hit hard. Did he get it? Oh, what a play. Dang. Nick, you're so ahead of, you're so ahead of me and it's giving me Ajita right now. Okay, sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. But they were talking about the Pablo Lopez and the Louisa Rise deal. Watch out for the D-backs. Teams, both teams really won that deal. Like it sure. was the right yeah. trade. It was even, and both teams made the postseason. Like crazy. Yeah, watch out for your D-backs, Nick. Why do you say that? Bases loaded, nobody out. Top one. Already? I got to change the channel. This game just ended, so. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, I hope the Marlins are back there for sure. But, I mean, we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. But, um, Amen. The Braves won a game, right? What was Bryce Harper doing, dude? I was sitting so pretty for that parlay. I had Philly to win, I had Arizona to win, and I had Zach Allen with over four and a half Ks. And I, it, it was four nothing Philly. I was sitting pretty. Yep. Sorry. What's Bryce Harper doing? I don't know. Apparently, apparently the Braves heard the pod and reacted as soon as I said that they were looking like they're going to lose tonight because they came right back. Austin Riley Car- just goes out. Carlos Febles go right to the Braves when he got fired. Is he? I mean, did the Phillies? Is he the Phillies' third base coach now? <laughs> what happened? Oh man! Oh, one nothing D backs. Yeah. So Listen, that's that all. A great I catch by Harris. Yeah, that was that was great. What a great catch by Harris. But, yeah. So that's all I had tonight. Do you guys have anything else? I no, was just, I, don't think so. I was gonna, I was gonna give this to uh, to Sean because I, I know it's gonna make him happy. But they, uh, they've reset the odds for the World Series, and right now the Rangers are the new favorites to win the World Series. The Rangers are at plus three sixty. Yeah. Hopefully, after this game, my D backs will jump up a little bit. Let's go. I was yeah. there in like fifth, right? In front of the Orioles, I think. Yeah. Or it's, who's the? It's Rangers followed by the Phillies and Braves at plus four forty. Yeah. So. All right. Um. Yeah. So that's all I had. You guys don't have anything else. No, I, I, I don't. I don't know if it's worth getting much into it, but uh, MLB did release the uh, kind of all the information about the about the season and the games. Time of game came in almost thirty minutes shorter than prior year. Attendance was up 9% across the league. They're feeling like all the rule changes they made worked. Um, and they're seeing, you know, baseball gain some more exposure in markets that they, that it had been either struggling to gain traction in or had been uh, falling backwards in. So it seems like the stuff they did that we were kind of wondering how it would work is come to find out is actually working and has brought people back to the game. Yeah. It's good to see. I'm glad. I, and I think it was like the perfect storm for them to do that with, 
the World Baseball Classic happening. Um, nice. World Baseball Classic happening, and then it kind of just jumped right into the season. So people were jazzed about that. And to just get, you know, quicker games, more people coming to the games. I mean, it, it all kind of came together and made a huge impact. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah, all, all good stuff. So, yeah. Unfortunately, next year, you're going to have a lot of players that are dealing with UCL surgeries and Tommy John surgeries and all sorts of other stuff because there's been a ton of guys dropping. Yeah. And we just have need some more guys to drop some weight, maybe get back into Cy Young for mm. Manoa. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure. sad. Why are you sad? Because I was up 4 nothing in that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our degenerate gambler friend Sean is struggling. Sure. I'm sad. Okay. <laughs> Well, we can talk about it in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So please like, subscribe, share our podcast. Um, keep commenting on our reels and sharing our reels, liking our reels. We had one absolutely blow up this week. We got a whole bunch of new followers. So thank you to everybody that tuned in today um, and commented and joined the chat. Um, and thanks for the continued support. It really means a lot. Like we're excited that it's starting to take off a little bit um, and that more people are starting to see us. Um, it's been an absolute blast. So um, thank you so much. And we will, thanks again. And we'll see you next Monday at eight. See ya.